Next, the golden days of radio. Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Tom Howard, George Shelton, Lulu McConnell, and Harry McNaughton, the complete cast of It Pays to be Ignorant. Now, once again, the quiz show that made us all feel smart. It pays to be ignorant. What is alimony? Taxation without representation. Correct. Pay that man $8. What is a pig pen? Something you write a litter with. Correct. Pay that man $9 because... It pays to be ignorant. gentlemen. Well, here is that quiz program again, brought to you through the courtesy of the Morons Weekly. We have a board of experts who are so dumb, they thought they could go swimming in a pool room. First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Hyde McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled, A Day in Traffic Court, or Our Fines Have Tender Gripes. But here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Uh, thank you, Mr. Howard. I have a poem. Yes, sir. Yes. I stood on the bridge at midnight when I turned to myself and said what a sap I was to stand there when I could have been home in bed. That's very sensible. Taking my beauty nap. Okay. Next, we have a woman who loses her head at times, but she's much happier without it. A woman who leads a conventional life, she follows all conventions. She follows them from city to city. Here she is, Miss Lulu, I want a man, McConnell. Miss McConnell. You know, Mrs. Howard, coming to the studio tonight in the subway, a man sat on my lap. A man sat on your lap coming up in the subway? Uh-huh. Why didn't you tell him to get off? Why, I couldn't do that. I, I never speak to strangers. Oh, you never <laughs> Well, you know, he, he must have been a foreigner, you know. A foreigner? Very probably a Laplander. Ah! La- oh. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Next, we have a man so narrow-minded he can look through a keyhole with both eyes. A man? A man who has been arrested five times for impersonating a human being. Here he is. Here he is, the sap from the tree that grew in Brooklyn, Mr. George Shelton. Say, Mr. Howard, isn't it marvelous? Isn't it wonderful? Wait a minute. It's really uncommon. Isn't what wonderful? Well, didn't you hear about Columbus discovering America? Ain't that awful. Mr. Shelton, that happened over 400 years ago. Oh, no wonder I didn't see it in the newsreel. No, that was the reason. Well, they are the experts, folks, so kindly keep your opinions to yourself while we go into the first question. Now, here it is. Pay close attention. See if we can get a correct answer for a change. Yes. Can you tell me, without much exertion on your brain, how many shoes are there in a pair? How many shoes are there in a pair? That's right. Well, Mr. Hard, what size are the shoes? I was expecting that, Mr. McNaughton. The size is not important. Now, there's the dumbest crack I believe that I've ever heard. The size is not important. Look. Look, would you go to a shoe store to buy a pair of shoes and tell the man the size is unimportant? <laughs> go on, speak up. Look. Speak up. You're among friends. I see. You're a dumb clock, I guess, me. Mr. Sheldon, if I had your head, I'd stick my fingers in my ears and go bowling. <laughs> 
Thank you. Miss McConnell, do you know how many shoes are there in a pair? No, I always wear sandals. Sandals. They're white. White. Yeah, and I bought them at Georgie's. Good. Oh, I see. George White sandals. Ah. Oh, I'm incorrigible, you know. I say, speaking about shoes, I went to the shoemaker today and I said, do you fix heels? Yes. He said, do I? Just try hanging around my daughter. I see. Very cute. Well, I know these sandals, but I have on hurt me something awful. Well, can't you do anything about it? I don't know. You think if I took the shoe trees out, it would help? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. I, I didn't know that shoes grew on trees. Please. <laughs> what won't they think of next? Yeah, what won't they think of next? Mr. McNaughton, can we please get back to the question of how many shoes are there in a pair? You know, Mr. Howard, I went shopping today, and I'm all worn out. You look shop-worn. Look, please. <laughs> you know, I must have walked five miles today to get a girdle. Oh, that's quite a stretch. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Sheldon, it's a wonder those gags of yours don't bounce back and hit you in the face. You know, I went into a store today to buy something, and I said to the girl, will you take anything off for cash? She said, where do you think you are? Yes. <laughs> you know, Tyler, I gotta do some shopping tomorrow. My sister wants me to get a high chair for her baby with a cane seat. Uh-huh. I don't believe I don't believe I've ever seen a baby with a cane seat. No. <laughs> Must be quite a sight, you know. Yes, it's a rarity. A oh, novelty. Qu- question is not about shopping. Oh. Well, who said it was? You all seem to think it is. Listen to him, you all. He wants us to believe he's from the South. Look, please. He is from the South. Yeah, South Jersey. Wait a minute. Listen to me, you Shrewsbury clam digger. You don't listen to me. No, that ain't fair. I asked you first. <laughs> the question's about shoes, not shopping. I stopped in the store today to buy some new dresses. Oh, what's the use? The salesman said to me, would you like to try on this dress in the window? Yeah. I said, don't you think it would draw too big a crowd? That's right. <laughs> Well, I, well, I know one thing. I've got to get my wife a new garbage can. Why, what's the matter with the old one? It's full. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. Here's the next question to show you what a glutton I am for punishment. Now, pay attention. This should be very simple. How many ounces are there in a 16-ounce can of tobacco? Did you hear the question? How many ounces are there in a 16-ounce can of tobacco? Oh, that reminds me. I must go up and see my old man. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the can. I see. When you go, spend the winter with him. How many ounces are there in a 16-ounce can of tobacco? What kind of tobacco? All right, smoking tobacco. Well, I know that. Do you think I'm dumb? Yes. Well, you got me. Yeah, I should say I have. I tell you, know, Mr. Howard, Mr. Shelton is absolutely right. We assume it's smoking tobacco. Yeah. But what kind, old boy? Wakefield or is it country doctor? No. I have a nice doctor now. Of course, he's not a country doctor. No. He lives in the city. All right. I went to see him today. He's going to remove my appendix, tonsil, adenoid. That's enough out of you. <laughs> my word. <laughs> Let's get back to the question. You know, I went into one of those big office buildings today where they have all doctors. One door said, Dr. Williams, dentist, back in one hour. Another door said, Dr. Thomas, surgery, back in 20 minutes. Another door said, Dr. Harvey, forgery, back in 10 years. Uh (laughs) So 
I couldn't wait, so I left. Okay, you couldn't wait. The question is about tobacco. Yeah. Mr. Howard, you don't mind if I smoke, do you? I don't care if you burn. But... <laughs> Let's get on here. You know, my old man broke his leg from smoking. Broke his leg from smoking? Yep. He threw a cigarette down an open manhole and then tried to step on it. I can see. <laughs> That's nice. How many ounces in a 16-ounce can of tobacco? I'm speaking to you like a sister from the lodge. Look. Do any of you know how many ounces... Do any of you know how many ounces there are in a pound? Do you know, Miss McConnell? Sure. Well, why don't you say so? Why don't you ask me? All right, Miss McConnell. How many ounces are there in a pound? Fifteen. That's wrong. Well, I wish you'd tell my butcher that. I see. <laughs> see, I know something. I know there's two pints to one quart. Well, how much does four quarts make? One drunk. One drunk. <laughs> Logical. Please, the question is about tobacco. You know, tobacco, I walked into the subway today and I forgot myself. I had a cigarette in my mouth. Well, where else would you have it? Well, you could have it in his pocket, you know. All right. <laughs> and the conductor said to me, you can't smoke here. Certainly not. You should know that. Didn't you read the sign, no smoking? I don't believe in signs. You don't believe in signs? Certainly not. There was another sign there that said, wear Nemo corset. I see. I'm not doing it, no. am I? <laughs> Well, who is our first guest this evening, Mr. Roberts? Here he is, Mr. Howard. Our first guest tonight is Sergeant Martin Penkin of the United States Army. Well, that's fine. Good evening, Sergeant Pinkham, and welcome to our program. How do you feel this evening, sir? Very well, Mr. Howard. Thank you. Well, that's fine. I'm glad to hear it. Where's your hometown, would you care to tell us? I come from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. Speak right up. Don't be afraid to say Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. Well, shove me in a sewer and call me B.O. Plenty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to work in that town. Uh, yeah. I was a butcher in an umbrella factory. Uh, you, uh, you were a butcher in an umbrella factory? I used to clean the ribs. Ah, uh, <laughs> Pay no attention to him, the sergeant. By looking you over on your lapel there, I see you have quite a lot of... I believe they call it in the army fruit salad. Is that right? That's right, sir. Fruit yeah, salad. you have quite a few decorations. Would you mind numerating the different battles there for us, please? I managed to pick up the silver star with a cluster, the bronze star, purple heart with five clusters, French croix de guerre, French legion medal, British service cross, and a couple of citations. Oh, my! More power to you, my boy. That is certainly some record you had. Certainly is. Yes. You know, you know, Sergeant, I, I was in the last war, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was in the Air Force. Well do I remember my first flight. Hmm. Ran into a lot of flack. I got mucilage on my fuselage. Ah, please. <laughs> Pay no attention to him, Sergeant. May I ask uh, how many points have you got? I got 173, sir. 173 points? My goodness. You should have been discharged three times. <laughs> huh. do, do you expect to get out soon? I just got out. You just got out. Well, congratulations. <laughs> now that you're out, uh, uh, what is your future ambition? Uh, I'd like to get married and raise some civilians. Uh, very good. <laughs> That's, oh, by the way, I'm a little interested to hear you have on your shoulder there, Ranger, a, ren a Ranger 
medallion of no, some... No. Second Ranger Battalion, sir. Oh, Second Ranger Battalion. Uh, what uh, what uh, unit was that? I mean, what, uh, what division, or is it a division? Well, uh, it's not exactly a division. General Eisenhower wanted the American Army to have something like the counterpart of the British commandos, and we were picked. You were picked as the counterpart for the British commandos, the Rangers. I believe I read about them, and you certainly did live up to the title. You've done a grand job, you fellas. And we certainly are glad to have you here with us tonight. Yeah, we sure are. Oh, yeah. What's your first name, honey? Uh, <laughs> Martin. Martin? Martin. Right. Oh, isn't that a, that's a nice name. He's a nice... Isn't he a wonderful man? Yeah, yeah. He's a wonderful... Oh, yeah. oh he, he's a... He, uh, oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can just call me Cucumber. Cucumber. <laughs> I'm a dilly-dilly. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you got the warts to prove it, too. <laughs> Would you do us a favor, Martin, while you're here? I'd meet you to the Dunscap there and pick out a question for us, if you will. When you get one, would you be kind enough to read it? What color is the horse in the book Black Beauty? Thank you. <laughs> what? All right, no help from the audience. What color? What color is the horse in the book Black Beauty? My word, how did a horse get into a book? Ah, oh, please. <laughs> What's the odds on the horse, Mr. Howard? Never mind the odds on the horse. I could find out if I could call up my bookie. Uh, what race is he in? <laughs> Look, this horse is not running. Oh, those are the kind of horses I bet on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they never run. They never run. Will you tell me what color is the horse in the book entitled Black Beauty? How much do you want to bet on him? Mr. Sheldon, you're a moron. Only half moron. The other half is stupid. All right. <laughs> Let's I was going horseback riding today, but I lost my spurs. What are you talking about? You're sitting on them. Oh. I am? Sure. I thought that was my rheumatism bothering yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I, I only use one spur when I go horseback riding. Only use one spur? Yes, you see, I figure if I get one side of the horse started, the other side will go along too. <laughs> that is very clever, Mr. McDonald. It is? I thought it up on the spur at the moment. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you I'm... like horseback riding, Miss McConnell? I love it. When I was a girl, I used to ride in the old west. Don't tell me the west is that old. <laughs> Shut up. Why, I used to break horses. I broke hundreds of horses. Uh-huh. You broke hundreds of horses? Yeah. My word, you ought to be more careful, you know. You're very... I mean, you're very destructive. Will you please get back to the question, what color is the horse black beauty? My wife loves dumb animals. That's obvious. <laughs> Really? The question is about a horse, a horse. My kingdom for a horse. Yeah. Who was it said that, Mr. Howard? Richard III. That's right. Good, let's go on with the next question. <laughs> but we haven't answered this question yet. What was the question, Mr. Howard? Who said a horse? A horse, my kingdom for a horse. Richard III. That's right. That's two questions we've answered. <laughs> Sensational. Wait a minute, what's going on here? This is a quiz program, Mr. Howard. Boy, that's three questions we've answered. <laughs> oh, boy, are we hot tonight, huh? I'm warning you, Mr. Sheldon, my patience is at an end. Which end? The end. <laughs> the question is, what is the color of the horse black beauty? You know, Mr. Howard, I, I've got a horse at home. He's never without money. He's never without money. What do you mean? He's always got two bits in his mouth. He's always... Oh, that... Ah! Ah! He's always got two bits. Yeah, two bits. I don't get it. Right.
Here's our next contestant, please. She's yeoman second class, Dorothy Lee of the Way. Fine! That is fine. Nice looking girl, too. Good evening, Miss Lee, and welcome to a paste vehicle. We're glad to have you with us, Miss Lee. Where is your hometown, would you care to tell us? My hometown is Wilmington, Delaware. Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, yes. The home of the DuPonts, a very nice place. Uh, is Brandywine Park still there? Oh, yes, it's That's still there. That's a very beautiful park. I've been there many a time. Yes, sir. Been found behind a bench many a time in Brandywine Park. <laughs> Yes, I remember it very well. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, how long have you been in the service? Almost three years. I see. Have you been in New York? Uh, New York, where uh, it's a hot water bag I got in my mouth. <laughs> have you been in New York before? Uh, no. This is this is the first time. Oh, this I've is really the first time. Mm-hmm. How do you like New York? I like it fine. Fine. How long have you been here? About two months. Two months. That's fine. You, I guess you've seen quite a lot of it in two months, haven't you? How do you yes. compare the boys in New York with the boys in Wilmington? Well, I think the boys in Wilmington, or should we say the boy in Wilmington is the... Oh, the boy in Wilmington. That's fine. That's, that is very nicely put. Well, very you know, nice. Miss Lee, you know, is very, very charming, you know? She is a very charming... Very lovely. Girl. Yes. A fascinating femme. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, she, she'll have no trouble getting out of the Navy, you know? She won't. No, she's got lots of good points. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pay no attention to him, Miss Lee. Oh, think nothing of it. All right. Pip, pip. Pip, pip. <laughs> Look, Miss, uh, Miss Lee, what did you do before you went into service? I worked at the telephone company in Wilmington. At the telephone company? Well, you must have had good connections there. That's <laughs> putting in a plug for the telephone. All right, all right. I've got her number. Yes, yes. <laughs> Never mind. i got a ring in my head right now. <laughs> Will you cut out these puns? What do you intend to do when you get out of the army? Go back to the telephone company or have you other ideas? Uh, I have other ideas. You have other ideas. I see. I sure wish my old man would get out of the army. Your old man is not in the army. What do you mean? He's been in the army for the past 30 years. He's an LFC. Your, your old man's in the army for 30 years? Yeah. The United States Army? No, the army of the unemployed. <laughs> But what, what is this LFC? Luther, first class. Luther. <laughs> Miss, uh, Miss Lee, will you do us a favor and reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please? And when you get one, would you be kind enough to read it right in the microphone, please? In what city is the London Bridge located? Thank you. In what city... No coaxing. In what city is the London Bridge located? Is the bridge open to close, Mr. Ah, cut it out. That doesn't make any difference. Please, Mr. McNaughton, do you know anything about London Bridge? Uh, no, Mr. Hard, no. I've never played bridge in London. Uh-huh. No. I imagine it's the same as in this country, you know. Same as in this Six no Trump, kick your wife under the table. Yeah, all right, eat your ace. Look, I'm not talking about bridge. Listen to that guy. Where you, what's getting into you lately? You're contradicting yourself all the time. I distinctly heard you ask Mr. McNaughton if he knew anything about London Bridge. Which one of you two guys are the dumbest? Oh, I think I am, Mr. Howard. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mr. McNaughton. I think I'm the dumbest. All right. Oh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't forget I'm here. Okay. (laughs) The three of us get together and toss for it, will you? Look, I'm trying to find out what city do we find the London Bridge. Mr. Howard, is that the new London Bridge or the old London Bridge? 
I didn't know there were a, a new London Bridge. Oh, yes, there's a new London Bridge in New London, Connecticut. In New London, Connecticut. That's right. That's right, because I know a fellow lives up in New London. Uh, he lives right at the end of the bridge. Uh, he owes me ten bucks, and he never came across. He never came across. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess what? Look, the bridge I refer to is not in this country. Well, if it's not in this country, what are you worrying about? You won't have to cross it, will I you? I say, all right. You're enough to make anybody cross. Uh, punch in the nose. Mr. McNaughton. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're a fighter, are you? Yeah. I Big see. Problem. I'd fight at the drop of the hat. You would. Yeah. Uh, well, will you please drop your hat? Mr. McNaughton, what were you going to say? You were going to say something to me, old boy. Oh, was I? Do you know what I was going to say? I don't know. I'm not a ventriloquist. I see. Well, what I was going to ask you, have you ever been to London? Oh, rather, of course. And you know that the, over there the people drive on the left side of the street in London? On the left side? So what? They do the same thing in Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, folks, that fella Palazzi in the control room tells us our time is up, so we've got to say goodnight. But we'll be with you this time again next week, so try and be with us. Now, here is that rusty baritone itching to tell you what we mean when we say... It pays to be ignorant, to be dumb, to be dense, to be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. Each week I earn six dollars, my brain is terribly lax. But when there ain't no income, then there ain't no income tax. So you see, it pays to be ignorant, have no brain, be inane, just be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. It pays to be ignorant. up this edition of the golden days of radio you know it really doesn't pay to be ignorant i'd like to tell you fellas and gals in the service how you can smarten yourselves up in just a few hours a day i'm referring of course to yusafi the united states armed forces institute it's quite an outfit yusafi is and what service it gives you while you're giving your service to your country Yusafi's program includes correspondence courses, educational advice and information, and testing and reporting for military and civilian credit purposes. If you plan on a military career, the results of your study with Yusafi go with you and help you find the job you're best suited for. If you study with a civilian job in mind after your discharge, the results are forwarded to your prospective employer. Yusafi offers you courses in just about any subject you can think of. You name it, Yusafi has it. For a uniform education, study with Yusafi. Now this is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more stars and personalities from radio's golden days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>